You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to entitle this Palestinian Christian Slam Vice President Pence's Pro-Israel Faith and Exposed Christian Zionism. And we've taken this from an article that was uh, released by Associated Press. It starts out, Palestinian Christians say U.S. Vice President Mike Pence's brand of evangelical Christianity with its fervent embrace of modern-day Israel as fulfillment of biblical prophecy lacks their faith, compassion, and justice, including for those who have endured half a century of Israeli occupation. And, of course, unquote, and of course they're referring to uh, Palestinians it's actually been 70 years since Israel has become a state and 750,000 Palestinians were forced from their homes in 1948 and became refugees in what is now the West Bank of Palestine, Gaza, places like Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, and so forth. They've been dispersed around the world. And I think just starting off here, this quotation about lacking Christianity's compassion and justice, and it gave us pause for thought here at We Hold These Truths. If you'll recall, the dairy industry came up with a a slick PR program that seemed to really work, Got Milk. Well, maybe we here at What We Hold These Truths should start a program and call it Got Compassion, where you don't just use selective compassion, or uh, religion. And in this case, the religion of uh, Christian Zionism really suffers from selective compassion, as we see here, and the result of Vice President Pence's visit there and his love fest at the uh, Knesset speaking to the uh, legislators there in Israel. We need to talk about this, but this article does a, an interesting job exposing some of the beliefs of Christian Zionism. So first, we'd like to turn it over to Craig here and open up and with a, a little devotional to address this situation that we see unfolding before us. Craig? Good to be with you guys. Yeah, what I'd like to start off with tonight is, since we're discussing Pence's visit to the Knesset and the protests and all that going on there, I think it's really important to see how our nation has taken this Christian Zionism message through Mike Pence and bringing it into Israel. And as Christians, we have to look at it and say, what's really going on here? I'd like to read a a passage of scripture today, and and you kind of think, well, how does this relate? Well, it's from Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. And this is where Paul opposes Peter to his face because Peter is starting to act like a Jew when he'd been with the Gentiles, and so then the Jews around, so he wanted to be accepted by them. And I see that's what's happening in the church, is we're trying to put on this Jewishness 
that is not required in Scripture, and Jesus never demanded it, and yet people seem to think that they need to have this Jewish-centric religion, and that's driving this whole Christian Zionism thing. So just look at this passage of Scripture from Galatians chapter 2. But when Cephas, another name for Peter, came to Antioch, I, Paul, opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, and James obviously the leader of the Christians in, in Jerusalem, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? And I'd like to go back to what Tom said about having got milk. It's like, do you have compassion, or does your faith represent Christ? And that's what Paul was saying about Peter here, is that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. And we, as that we hold these truths, that's what we're saying, is that Christian Zionism is not in step with the truth of the gospel, does not represent Jesus Christ and his ministry of peace, compassion, forgiveness, and reconciliation, all those things. So I would just encourage all our listeners to uh, look at that passage in Galatians and think about their theology, and does their theology, isn't really truly in step with the gospel. Well said, Craig. And I, another uh, verse that comes to mind that kind of goes along with this concept of compassion, we should have compassion for one and all, whether they're Jewish or or Gentile, Arab, or whatever, black, white, yellow. And this is confirmed in uh, 1 John, the Apostle John, chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, How can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. Again, that's 1 John 3, 16 to 18. So that's where this campaign, Got Compassion, I think needs to be started. (laughs) That's great. Good good job, guys. I like that. And I'll, I'll carry this one step further into a sort of a secular word. What it really does amount to is that uh, the so-called religion or the cult, which started less than 100 years ago, that has come to call itself Christian Zionism and even answers to that name, is a racist cult. Based upon racism, they denounce the Palestinian people, whether they would say it's because of where they happen to live, their ethnicity, or whether it's because they're Arab, But we find this then extended into all kinds of other Arab people to where uh, you have this movement, uh, this neo-Christian movement going on in our country that is actually spread all over the Middle East and has helped to fire the wars or helped to support those who are firing the wars in the Middle East, encouraging them. And uh, it's open knowledge that you can't really have an action in the Middle East without having the support of the some 
50 to 60 million people who answer to the term of evangelicals, or in many cases they will call themselves Christian Zionists, or in some cases they don't. But we think we need a better word to call them, and though we've used the word Christian Zionism for many years, in our writings now are pointing out that this is a new new form of Christianity. And I think, Craig, you had an experience very recently that you told me about with an old friend who was from your former neo-Christian church. What was interesting about that, Chuck, is that we were talking about podcasts, and I, I told him what I did, and I said the ministry of We Hold These Truths is to expose Christian Zionism. And he had kind of this incredulous look and said, well, you know, what's Christian Zionism? <laughs> and then so I proceeded to say, okay, if a person believes that formation of Israel in 1948 is a, a fulfillment of biblical prophecy and that we as Christians today have a responsibility to support this nation of Israel, that makes them a Christian Zionist. And I could just see the blood pressure go up. And it was to me it was really interesting is that he didn't even know the term and recognize that he was one. So that's why you know I think it's so important in what we do when we get out and have our vigils outside of these Christian Zionist churches because some people finally, what is it, what's Christian Zionist? Why are people protesting and said, who would Jesus bomb? And, and these people are Christians, but they're protesting against other Christians. What's going on here? It gets the brain cells working a little bit, and they have to come to grips with it. So it was, it was a good exchange. Obviously, he didn't move, but what he started putting out to me was all these misconceptions. You know, it's the typical, the myth that we've seen debunked in for years, a land for a people, for a people without a land. And that's the Arabs in that land. You know, they, they just came in after the Jews made it a great place to live, and they have no right to that land whatsoever. And all these different myths, had he had no conception of the Nakba, the 750,000 Palestinians being uprooted from their land as Israel became a state, uh, the Dariusine massacre with the, all the, the uh, Israeli uh, gangs and terrorist groups, that was not even on his radar. So there's no understanding of that at all. They have this doctrine preached to them from the pulpit, and they just accept it hook, line, and sinker. And so uh, that's where I, I see our ministry is really valuable to try to show these people that no, everything you've been said is not the Word of God. Can I add something in the way of a confession? I, for one, came out of a church that would be the leading Christian Zionist church in America today in terms of a big synod, the Southern Baptist Church, where I was a deacon and where I was very happy and sang in the choir and was there for eight or ten years and did accept the ideas that they put forth, though I always had some questions about them. And people had to show me otherwise to before I could see my way to leave what you would say was Christian Zionism and find another path for my life. So this is not something we're asking people to do that we haven't been through ourselves. Right. Others might say the same thing. Kind of dovetailing on that, I was just yesterday, actually, I was at a, a Bible study at a local theological seminary. And on the way out, there was a young man, and I uh, went up and talked to him. Turns out he was a student there. He actually was just starting. And so uh, 
oftentimes what I'll do is I'll ask our question, is the modern state of Israel a fulfillment of biblical prophecy? And he thought, and he wasn't quite sure, but just a little more into the conversation, he mentioned that, oh, wasn't it great that the U.S. is moving the embassy to Jerusalem? And so part of the conditioning that we get and we don't really think about the consequences, just like uh, your experience in your church, Chuck. And even with me, I was uh, unaware of what was happening to Palestinians 15 more years ago. You know, it was just not on my radar. And so I think just the fact that we're asking questions of people, holding up signs that challenge their thought processes, hopefully, is making a little bit of a, a dent, we hope. <laughs> and Well, I think uh, it's making a very big dent, and I think there's a reason why Fox News published these excellent reports, which our readers can go and read about them. Uh, we're not going to quote on it. We're not gonna, we don't have time to quote them tonight. But these are people who are ministers of Christian churches that were made up of, obviously, Arab Christians, whose brothers and cousins are, are Muslims right down the street, and they knew all about Christian Zionism. And Fox News is, is essentially admitting that people there do uh, know what this is. And we think that this is a, a huge sign of progress that somebody like Fox News would think that it was actually necessary to give these people's words a little air. Uh, we've seen this stuff blacked out for 15 years, that we've been doing this, and we've seen the American press completely hiding the identity and the acts of Christian Zionism because it was basically supporting the same institutions, people, and powers that big media is supported by. And uh, all of a sudden, we see a little bit of disclosure here. So we don't want to give Fox News a bunch of kudos to them for telling the truth for a change because we know they're hiding many more things and if we don't get to talking about those things we're hiding tonight, we're going to have to have another session and do that later. The question of Christian Zionism is coming out. And I'd like to state that uh, somebody might say, why are you so opposed to this? What made you change your thinking? What made you become devoutly opposed to this neo-Christian theology of the last hundred years? And uh, the answer is very plainly that it's bias acts. It has supported wars all over the Middle East for the last 27 years of continuous wars in the Middle East against these Arab people. And the primary complaint against them uh, that has swung uh, the scales against them over and over again and kept these wars going is the idea that they are opposed to Israel, that they're anti-Zionist and racist, and therefore we need to do whatever is necessary to to subdue them, even if it means occupying their countries and killing and destroying them. And a large part of this support has come all along from this large block of people we're talking about tonight. When it comes to Christian Zionism, if anyone really wants to know what a Christian Zionist believes, I would suggest that you go to a link that will take you to Vice President Mike Pence's speech in the special session of the Knesset. Because after listening to or reading his speech, there's no question what a Christian Zionist believes. Because Mike Pence is a full-blown Christian Zionist, and he lays it right out there. And he starts 
out by saying, I am here to convey a simple message from the heart of the American people. America stands with Israel. We stand with Israel because your cause is our cause. Your values are our values, and your fight is our fight. We stand with Israel because we believe in right over wrong, in good over evil, and liberty over tyranny. And that's the way he starts his speech. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the beginning of the program, the tyranny with these Jewish terrorist groups, the Stern Gang, that were terrorizing the Palestinians before Israel became a state. That's where the tyranny started, and it's been going on ever since as they uh, confiscate property and bulldoze houses and, and kill people like Rachel Corey, who tried to stand up and say enough is enough in this. So I definitely suggest that uh, read through his speech. I think it's kind of an eye-opener. Just to add one line, looking for what Mr. Pence didn't say, that you'd expect any Christian to say, he did not say we stand for life over death. Right, right. He left that out. Well, of course, uh, Israel is one of the largest rates of uh, abortion. They actually will fund uh, state-funded abortions, particularly for those in the military. It's a national right there in Israel, so I guess he didn't want to offend them by... Well, not only that, that life, but also the life of the Palestinians who... Yes. Anyone who really takes a serious look, and I, I think it's time to say this, we're not talking as people who haven't seen this ourselves. Yeah. Tom is very recently back from a month in, in Israel and on the West Bank, so-called West Bank, where he went all the way down into the desert and visited a Bedouin camp, uh, some yeah. of the most persecuted people on the face of the earth. Maybe he'd give us just a line or two about that. And uh, I was uh, looking through some of my old photographs today and uh, uncovered a, a marvelous bunch of little pictures I took that I'd forgotten I had in Gaza, where I visited Gaza and visited the Baptist church that actually has is probably still there. Uh, right next to the big mosque in Gaza City and on Omar Mokhtar Boulevard. And we're here to say that we have seen these things firsthand. Uh, I've personally seen an Israeli air raid that lasted for four hours in Gaza and uh, killed four people and wounded 40. And I walked in the funeral parade the next day. Uh, there wasn't any doubt about it. The coffins were there. They were on their way to bury the people. So we're not talking about things that we are guessing at or that somebody has told us about, we've we've been there. Tom, you want to add to that? Well, yes, Chuck. Uh, I saw firsthand, not only you know, with a visit to the Bedouin camp, we actually uh, stayed two nights and we helped them with some projects, which, by the way, were illegal. They were out in what is known as Area C of the West Bank, which is controlled by the Israeli Defense Force. And this was property that our host there, his grandfather, bought in 1965 with 100 camels. So they had uh, title to the land there before the 1967 war when the Israelis took over what's now the West Bank and Gaza. And uh, they built a little house there uh, on it. But over time, a illegal Israeli settlement was built next to it. And it's, it's expanding and encroaching on their grazing land. These are goat herders, and uh, they have no electricity except for a few uh, solar panels, no no running water there. 
of course, the um, settlements right next door have got running water and unlimited amounts and electricity. It's, it's when you see what's happening, uh, that's where this idea of compassion really comes in because three days after we left the second time, the Israeli Defense Force came in and bulldozed three of their buildings. It was a very small village of maybe 50 people. But this is being reenacted all over the West Bank, particularly in the East Jerusalem area where there's a ring of illegal settlements. They're very close to uh, cutting off East Jerusalem, which is under Palestinian control, from the West Bank. And the Palestinians consider Jerusalem as their capital too. So what's happened with the declaration by President Trump and then the reinforcement by Vice President Pence about moving our embassy to Jerusalem and recognizing that as the capital, of course, has set off a firestorm there. And I think anyone that is uncertain about this needs to go see for themselves as I've said in a previous cast, I went there with a lot of head knowledge thanks to uh, being associated with Chuck and the We Hold These Truths. And uh, I came back with a lot of heart knowledge, visiting with uh, Christians there, even attended a couple small Christian churches there, and, and the problems they encounter from Christian Zionists. It's just hard to fathom that these Christian Zionists can be so selective in their compassion. And I think that's important. We need to have compassion for the Israelis also, the Jews, because they have been deceived on a lot of these issues. And, and it's, a, it's a conditioning process. And we uh, are all conditioned to think one way or another. I think it's... Tom, um, they've been conditioned to think they're above the laws of nature and God. Yes. Well, that's, that's killing their neighbors is acceptable. It's necessary to for Israel to convince its people of that because that's the life they have led for the last 60 years. Yes. But we can be glad there's voices like Galad Otzman is from Israel. He was born in Israel. He lives in the U.K. now. He's a, a very famous jazz musician and a, quite an outspoken critic of Israel and its tribe mentality. You know, Tom, you talked about Galan Otzman, and yes. it, he made one comment that I thought was totally profound. He said he was very thankful that Jared Kushner was in the White House with President Trump. He says, because, why would you say that? And he says, well, because up to this point, the United States has been kind of looked as a kind of a neutral broker in this Arab-Palestinian conflict. But now with Kushner in the White House and with Pence making these statements and with Trump talking about moving the embassy to Jerusalem, there's no question that we are not an unbiased observer and arbiter in this situation. The United States is so clearly in the back pocket of Israel, there's no more question that our legitimacy as a peace broker has been totally destroyed. And so he says it's a good, it's a good thing because with Jared in there, it's now exposed for what we've been doing all along it's just brought it to the forefront. You know, it's not a uniform situation. We're not doing a blanket condemnation here, but and we are just as deceived as Americans with our sense of patriotism that we can conduct these wars and get support from 
our fellow Christians, which is really, really amazing when you study the nature and the effects of deaths of innocent, what we call collateral damage to make it sound better, of innocent civilians in these, these wars from Iraq to Afghanistan to Libya. Tom, uh, I'd like to interject that we're not going to have time tonight to get into it. It's on the agenda for tonight. But we're not going to have time to go into the cost of this Zionism to us Americans. We are paying the cost of this, and we don't know it. Yeah. And it's been very cleverly hidden from us. And we're, we're paying the cost morally in terms of millions of people who are accepting war and killing as being natural and even scriptural to them. Uh, those people are victims, just as I was a victim when I thought this was okay and went along with what my church taught. But there, in addition to this, there is enormous physical financial cost that's already being felt, and we study that too. And we want to explain those costs, the cost that Zionism is going to have for us all to pay debt-wise in future years that we just cannot avoid. It's already there. It's impending dilution, and people need to understand that there is a moral cost to us, but there's also going to be a fiscal cost that we're going to have to uh, absorb for 30 years of unnecessary wars. And that Christian Zionism has had a big role in promoting and supporting. As we close this broadcast out, let's just close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your holy word. We know that your, your word is truth. And when we think of Pilate saying, what is truth? We know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except uh, through our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May you guide our words, our thoughts that we represent you in all that we do, that we just don't take in other people's ideas, that we really uh, have your spirit living in us, and that we represent you in all that we say and do. Guide and direct us, and may these words from our podcast today touch hearts, and may they begin to ask questions and really seek your face for your holy word. Pray in your name. Amen. Amen, and thank you, Chuck and Craig, for that thought-provoking podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.